Welcome to the show. First batter is a strikeout for Tucker Davidson. Who's this Tucker Davidson? Started a game in the World Series for Atlanta. Did he? Yes, he did on that one. Sure did. That's a strikeout. Where's the strikeout for Tucker Davidson? His first. A one, two. Tucker Davidson starting to get a little feel here at the big end. Swing and a miss. Tucker Davidson strikes him out. Welcome to the Arm Barn. It is episode two. I am Peter Apple, and I'm playing point guard for our center, Tucker Davidson, left-handed pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels. On the back half of this episode, we have a great interview with Patrick Sandoval, another lefty for the Los Angeles Angels, who makes his start tomorrow. We're recording on Saturday against Team USA. Unfortunately, they just lost a tough one, five to four to Team Columbia, but the thing is with the World Baseball Classic and what we've seen so far is there are so many upsets, including, remember our episode one where I picked Chinese Taipei to come out of Pool A? Newsflash, Chinese Taipei is rolling. The problem, we they both are. liked Cuba, and Cuba isn't showing up against anybody. And it's funny, you see guys like Yuan Mankata, Luis Robert, even though they played mm-hmm. well in their last game, big leaguers struggling initially while some of the other guys are coming through. What's up, man? How's the WBC going for you so far? WBC is going great. I think, I think I've been a little bit shocked with the Cuba thing. That was kind of my initial reaction was just like, what's going on? And I think maybe pressing a little bit too much, trying to do too much too like too early in the game. And then you're in a two nothing ball game. And all of a sudden it's, you're looking on your heels and like, Oh goodness, like we got to pull this out. And I think that's just kind of what they were doing, pressing a little bit. But other than that, I've, the games have been exciting. I mean, the energy from the fans has been nuts. The from pool A and B, just from over there in uh, the uh, Tokyo Dome, has been incredible. Just seeing everybody be so silent and nobody speaks or anything whenever they're pitching, and then when they're hitting it, it's just rowdy, loud. They're getting after it, and it's just exciting. That's why I really like Chinese Taipei too, because. You know, they're also known as Taiwan and they're playing mm-hmm. in Taichung City, Taiwan. I like that home field advantage because Pool A, at least so far, has just been a crapshoot. Like it's right. It, any team can win on any given day. And we just spoke with Patrick Sandoval, or you'll hear it on the back half, but we recorded it beforehand that even a team like Team Mexico, who is so good, Team mm-hmm. USA is minus eight and a half on the run line against Great Britain. That's what's so exciting about this tournament is that any team can win, right? Right. Yeah, I'm a little nervous on the uh, the USA side of what happens if they get in, get in a scuffle and can't hit the guy, you know? It's just one of those things. Baseball, anybody can win on any given day. But I'm sure, sure they're going to figure a way out to score some runs. They got a pretty good uh, little lineup there, so I'm excited to watch them tonight and just kind of see how they – we progresses with everything with the Dominican playing Venezuela right now and just everything's going on. So excited about that. Who are some players that you want to highlight? Because for me, this guy isn't the best player on the field, but I feel like he's the greatest. I want him in left field for my team. That's Roel Santos on Cuba, the leadoff hitter. I love mm-hmm. the way he's in the box. Like it just feels like every single pitch he's battling because then I watch Luis Robert just K on three pitches and it seems like he's just swinging at the low and away slider, even though Luis Robert is an all world talent. But Royal right. Santos is making plays in left. He's hitting a couple doubles and he's just grinding. Who are some players that you, you know, because some guys are in the minor leagues, some guys are playing mm-hmm. professionally, otherwhere. Like who are some guys? Because the big stars, obviously, it's great to watch some of them. But who are some kind of under the radar guys watching the World Baseball Classic that you've taken a liking to? I don't know if he's considered a big, big star yet. He is on his way, but 
Bobby Witt, I got to witness. We played them the other day and just got the witness of um, they can play for the first time. Only heard about him and then just saw, saw him on TV. It's kind of the way it had been the last couple of years, but was blown away by his just speed and athleticism. My ring light just went out. Um, and just like his athleticism and he really blew me away with all that and just how it was as true as what everybody had said and excited to see what like versatility he can bring for them. And maybe it's just pinch running and still second base. And all of a sudden a base hit from Mike Trout scores them and they win the game. You never know what's going to happen, but that, and I'm just excited to see a lot of the arms from team Mexico. I think just they're very exciting. And then just how well the Dominican plays. And I want to see Acuna bat flip a couple of times. That'd be, that'd be fun. So you have, teammates on opposite teams you have patrick on team mexico who's in your rotation you have mike trout your teammate who's on team usa you have shohei otani who is obviously on team japan a lot of angels players are scattered across the world baseball classic i assume you're rooting for team usa but is there another team with a teammate on that you find yourself gravitating towards right now I think Japan just a little bit because of Shohei um, and Roki. I think just because, and and Roki because I I think I just have so much respect for Japanese baseball just because they do do play the game such a like a right way and I think that really like inspires me just like I've always been interested just obviously like how they've developed pitchers that come over the the has the leg kicks just everything like that so I've always been interested in that so I think I'm kind of pulling for Japan I would love a japan usa game because i definitely want to see shohei pitch that game so hopefully that's ends up what happening but if roki pitches it i'll be okay with that too yeah i mean there's really no wrong answer in that rotation because sprinkled in the middle there's you darvish and then on the yes. back end of that rotation is yoshinobu yamamoto who has won back-to-back eg sawamura awards in the in in japan and they're the only undefeated team right now. They're three and zero. Of course, there's Australia, who's two and zero, but they haven't played three games yet. So technically, there's two undefeated teams. But I think that just goes to show that in the World Baseball Classic so far, the two undefeated teams, of course, are expected with Japan, but unexpected with Australia. And we saw a big Czech Republic win over Team China. Who's yes. who's the under the radar team? Maybe you don't have a teammate on that you just feel. Like, you know, you're you're in the bigs, you're playing baseball all the time. You can sense momentum when you see it. Who's the team right now in the World Baseball Classic who you feel just has that special juice to them? I kind of I kind of like the uh, Team Italy or Team Australia. I think they're both playing very, like, scrappy, hard-nosed baseball. It's just like, I'm going to grind out some ABs. We're going to pitch well. We're going to do everything just correctly. We're not going to do it flashy, beating with the long ball all the time, but we're going to play the game the right way and do everything. But it's I, uh, the big joke of the clubhouse the other day was uh, David Fletcher got uh, intentionally walked, and we're like, why wouldn't you want to throw to Fletcher? And it was just kind of like the joke because he swings at everything and hit the pitch over his head, somehow hits a single on it. It's like, no, we get why they don't want to throw it to him because you spike it 55 feet and he gets a base hit somehow and the world baseball classic of course it is um it's the talk of the town right now but mm-hmm. the major league season starts soon and you're grinding in spring training right now and i know a lot of listeners they want to tune in and they want to hear from tucker himself what he's working on in spring training in order to dominate the 2023 season like how's the regimen going what's going on tell the people what you've kind of been working on Good. We're now at the uh, like four or five inning mark. I think I got 75 pitches on Monday. So excited for that. Um, we're really at the let's get the body, get going, get it in shape, get the stamina, kind of get everything 
locked in. Now your pitches are moving the way they're supposed to be, or you're now making the corrections to make them better. And then it's the little tweaks of how you're setting up out of the windup, how you're setting out of the stretch, just the little things that we can catch up and fine tune and just make sure you're not tipping, doing just different things. And that's really the focus. And then PFP, we kind of joked about it. We hadn't done much because we had been doing so many like team fundamentals, getting on these uh, new like disengagement rules. And like, if this circumstance happens, what do we do? And just like trying to like figure all that out. But once all the WBC players left, we kind of went to, Hey, pitchers, you're going to do your generic, uh, three ones, um, some comebackers and then fill the bunt and then you're done type of thing. So we've been kind of having a good time over there. They've been getting the clock out so we can work on um, like runners running down the first base. We could see like we're filling the bunt, like how much time you actually have. So you have to, can't just go through the motions. You have to have a, have a purpose to it. And, you know, we, you know, we've been texting beforehand too uh, throughout the off season. And I know you're really excited about, kind of developing that new pitch. We talked to Patrick mm-hmm. um, again on the back half of this episode about the usage of his slider, how it increased and how you guys are both again, working on that slider too, but you're working on a lot of new stuff, right? Uh, I added a sweeper this year and a split. Um, the sweeper has been a little easier to learn than the splitter, but I'm definitely like learning to fine tune the the splitter more, more than I'm trying to fine tune the sweeper right now. Sweeper I picked up pretty easily. Just it was more of finding a grip that I could repeat. And it was more of the same feeling as my other slider that I throw decently hard. This one's just a little bit bigger. So now I'm throwing this at the behind the left-handed batter, making it come across versus throwing it kind of in that gap in between the uh like the, his knee and like where the imaginary plate uh boundary is. So that's typically where I throw the harder slider. And then just learning like the split and it's just kind of been interesting because every like one out of it's I feel like we're two out of three are good right now and then the third one we're calling an air cutter Hmm. because I'm literally getting like 13 inches of separation and cut so typically this typically the splitter is going to have less like less carry and like ride on it like a fastball it's going to have more drop well I'm getting on the side of the ball and like like uh middle finger is clipping it so it pushes it upwards and it's knuckling so it's literally like a rising cutter and uh-huh. it's just kind of kind of and I, my last strikeout the other day was was off that of i threw a really good one and then i tried to throw it again and through the air cutter and the umpire even i was like what was that i was like that was supposed to be a splitter so we're really trying to figure out like hey how do we not do this because it might work out and you might get a stolen strikeout or a pop-up but it's more of what happens if the catcher is expecting something to go down and they miss it and it goes to the backstop and then you score a run like that. So they were like, this is where we got to really lock this in. Could it be qualified as a slutter, like a slider cutter? I mean, it's the one I threw in the game had 15 inches of vertical break and positive six uh, horizontal. The pitch before (laughs) had four inches of vertical break and then negative six. So you got to think of a, like a, like a graph that was like that far, like a 12 inch difference between like vertically and like horizontally break. And they were just like, yeah, let's not throw that one. Let's get back to the better one. And uh, you have a teammate who throws a pretty good splitter. His name is Shohei Otani. It's pretty good. Have uh, I know, yes. you know, as um, the Yankees, they've been big on developing cutters for mm-hmm. pitchers like Nestor developing the cutter, Luis Severino developing a cutter. And it even comes down from, of course, Mariano CC started throwing it too. Now on the angels after Shohei has come over, is that a pitch 
you know, rotation wide that everybody's learning? Or is that something you specifically are working on? That's just more of me. Uh, the angels are very big on just like changeups and they're pretty standardized on the grip. And if you don't have one, they're throw it like this, it's going to come off these two seams, trust it. We'll make manipulation stiff once we see edgertronic video. So that's really how they did it. Last year, I could not kill any spin rate on it. So I'm throwing it fastballs at 2000 or 2100, throwing 1800 uh, spin rate fastballs. So it's just a slower two seam. So they were like, we have to find a way to kill spin. And they were like, throw a splitter. And I like threw one, like kind of in play catch. And they're like, hey, that was kind of good. You want to just throw a couple on the mound and just see what this is. Threw a couple and they're like, yeah, this has potential. You're going to throw it against uh, on the Rangers this weekend. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So I remember like going out for the fourth inning and they're like, hey, throw one this inning. We like, we just, we don't care what happens. We just need it for like film, anything like we can get and see if this is worth doing through it and it was really good and they're like yeah you're gonna spend this offseason like trying to figure it out and it was figuring out what way the seam needed to go like the seams on the ball needed to go so the logo always has to face like a hitter to them uh so because the way it comes off the like index finger it's crazy how we can be so scientific on like the pitch itself now there has to be like a like a confidence that comes off of that like you're learning a new pitch you throw it a couple of times when you're playing catch and someone in the angel says, yes, we like that. And then they're like throwing in the game and then you throw a really good one. It And then they say, yeah, we want you to work on this is that must feel really good, right? That you kind of unlock something because, you know, you're just progressing as a pitcher. You're still really young. You've even been in the world series already, but now you're just unlocking new weapons. It's almost like in a video game when you unlock a new player and you get all excited. I'm curious. It, there just must be a feeling like once you get off the mound and that, and that person, in the angels tells you, yeah, this is going to work. How does that feel? It must feel awesome. It's a good feeling. Cause like every pitcher, I think every, anybody that's ever thrown a baseball is like, Oh, I'm going to make this cut a little bit more. Or like, Oh, check out my nasty, like two seam. Like I, I was uh, standing out in BP throwing like a weird two seam grip. And it was really had like some side spins. Like, Hey, am I like throw one of my pen tomorrow and like, see what they say about it. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because like you're, you, you try something and they're like, no, that's terrible. Like that didn't know that that didn't move at all. Like you thought, and you're like, well, well, give me one more. And it's always like that. And then they're like, no, your slider's really good. You don't need this grip. And that's usually how it goes down. But the one time you actually do it and it like works out, you're kind of like, Hey, like, all right. And then you're kind of like, yeah, you're joking about me like throwing it. I'm like, no, like we're being serious. Like go out there and throw it and like be convicted that you can throw it. And you're like, okay. And you throw it and get a foul ball on it. And you're like, Oh, like he didn't hit it out. Like you start building confidence and then, you go and play catch with like uh, like the off season and you're like, I'm throwing a splitter and everybody's like, Oh boy, here we go. And then you throw a really good one. And they're like, ah, yeah, yeah. You should throw that one. So it, it's, it's good. And it's uh it's fun, but it's, I don't love like, uh like ripping it at like my teammates or like guys that I like, I don't want to like throw it and it's a bad one. And it like hits them in the shin and then they go in like the IL or something like that. I don't want that at all. No, that would be horrible. But I am also curious too, because you know we're about to get to our conversation here with uh with Patrick Sandoval. But speaking to other pitchers on your staff, because you know there are a ton of lefties who throw a bunch of different pitches, and then you have Shohei who throws the splitter. Is there a lot of communication within the rotation talking about pitches on a daily basis? 
Yeah, I think we're all very analytical and we're all trying to do something this is the exact same. We're all very different, but all the same. Like we all throw very hard sliders. Um, traditionally, everybody throws an overhand curveball, kind of a 12-6 version, um, change-ups, and then 14 fastballs. We're not a lot of throwing sinkers. If we're throwing two seams, it's probably by design to get into underneath somebody's bat or for whatever the reason could be that day. Um, so it's kind of fun to like talk about it. Like I, I have good vertical break on my fastball, but don't have a lot of horizontal. But Reed uh, Detmers has good for his arm slot, but gets like – four inches more than the uh, major league average on horizontal. So it's kind of like everybody's different. He's got a big slow breaking ball. Sandoval's is a little bit harder. Sandoval and I throw the exact same slider, but a mile and I are different. Uh, Detmers is pure gyro slider. Um, it's just like, we're all different. So we can all like help each other of like, we're playing catch of like, no, that's not good. Or that is good because you're seeing that, Hey, I want my, my ball to move like that. So it needs to move like that for them too, because we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. So now it's time to talk with Patrick Sandoval here on the Arm Barn. We welcome on Patrick Sandoval, left-handed pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels and member of Team Mexico. Patrick, you guys just played Team Columbia. Hard-fought battle ended 5-4 to four in extra innings. How are you feeling? This is directly after the game, so a lot of adrenaline, I assume. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, man, this, these games are insane. Uh, the energy in the crowd, uh, like nothing I've ever experienced before. Um, how would you like? Uh, how would you like describe it compared to like a normal big league game? Is it like different? Like, is it different playing in a Yankee Stadium or Dodger Stadium? A different. Uh, you got horn. It's like the World Cup. Like you watch the World Cup on TV mm-hmm. and you hear horns, and it's insane. They're on their feet. Like they they know like big situations. Everyone is on their feet, screaming, shouting, like. Rosarena hit a home run to tie it today in like the fifth or sixth inning. And oh my God, the place went crazy. Like <laughs> jumping out of the out. Like it's just a different brand of baseball. It's awesome. And it must be even more rowdy than maybe even in other world baseball classics because it's been six years, right? It was supposed to happen in 2020. Then, of course, the pandemic hit. And then 2021, they even moved it back to this year. So all these fans have been just rushing trying to get into the stadium i know the usa mexico game is completely sold out right now we're recording in the middle of the dominican republic versus venezuela game and that crowd is insane too you must have had to get 20 25 tickets for family members and how hard was it to actually get tickets i yeah i got 24 tickets actually <laughs> uh, i i had to like text a guy and tell him how many and he was like oh, i mean I'll, I'll see what i can do luckily they were able to to figure it out and they got me the tickets but yeah um even yeah 24 tickets this place is uh, like i can't even imagine what it's going to be like tomorrow i'm going to the game tomorrow like what's kind of like the process of going into the like the start tomorrow what are you going what are you doing tonight what are you doing tomorrow morning what's kind of the what's the process of it stuff uh you know i have as i told you before i have the uh arm massage therapist coming over right now to (laughs) get me right for the start um got the best hands in the game uh (laughs) But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they're still because they had to do a bunch of like intros today. Like they mm-hmm. introduced the team, all that. Like I don't know if they're gonna do that again tomorrow. But it like it takes a minute. Like so, definitely gonna have to like adjust once if that happens. I'll make my adjustments. But you know, same old thing. I'm treating it like a, you know, a little bit of an elevated spring training start. Um, yeah, a little bit different atmosphere than spring training, but it's it's gonna be. 
insane. The mental switch, like, does it change? You have a start in spring training. Maybe you're just throwing a bullpen to um, a couple days into the MLB season and the playoffs. Is there a mindset change? Do you go in the same way every single time? Or do you really feel something when you're on the mound in such a pivotal game like this? I don't know. Like I said, like, this is my first time ever, you know, like today was good. It was good to be able to be in the dugout and see what like the atmosphere is like. And, you know, I'm just like in my head trying to like (laughs) multiply it by, you know, I mean, it was only about 70% capacity today and the place was jumping. So I can't even like tomorrow's going to be ridiculous. I'm sure it's going to play a factor into, you know, like the, the energy level that I have, but you know, just gotta like, you know, kind of adjust to the situation and, and obviously not try to like make it out to be too much. Cause I mean, if it all, when it all boils down to everything, it, it is, it's another spring training start, but there's a little like, you know, a little bit more pride to it than that. Right. I'm assuming you're on some type of like pitch count tomorrow. You just free range to just go and, um, the cap is 65 anyways for first round, but I like, I think I'm at 50 or 55. I think that's what I'm at. Okay. okay. Yeah. So in the game today, um, unfortunately team Mexico took the loss five to four personally, Tucker and I did um, on episode one, we did our world baseball classic preview. And although I'm living in New York, I was born in New York. I'm an American. I picked team Mexico because I thought there's so many big time players on your team. We saw Julio Arias pitch really well. Kind of a couple of jams there, but overall had a really good outing. And Randy Rosarina, there's something about this man. There's something about this man. When he gets in the box in a big-time moment, we saw it with the Tampa Bay Rays. We immediately see it. And in the last inning, they walk him. What was the feeling in the dugout at that time? Of course, you have Alex Verdugo on deck who's coming up. Who You have full faith in him. Unfortunately, he took the strikeout there. But what was kind of the feeling when Randy came up in that big of a spot? Was it almost... Of course, he's going to hit the home run. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm. I don't want to be that guy, but the. So obviously, first pitch of the game for him, he takes it off the wall and like immediately hits a double. Uh, gets on second and just stands there like this. Like it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, and then he came up. I, I think it was fifth or sixth, maybe the fifth inning. I think it was the fifth inning, and uh, the pitcher like was just throwing all heaters. I'm pretty sure it was all heaters. He might've thrown him like one off speed pitch, but like he threw one and I think Randy swung and missed at it. And the pitch, pitcher was like, like shaking his head at him, kind of like staring at him. And I was standing next to Jaron Duran and I was like, dude, I hope he pimps one. Like, I hope he hits it and pimps the absolute crap out of it. And like two pitches later, whack. And like, he didn't really pimp it, but like, as he's running <laughs> around the base, his chest, he, he, he gets the third base, takes his helmet off and chucks it. Like, Oh my, <laughs> the coolest thing. Like, just like one of the I've ever seen live. I just have I have one more follow-up to the Randy thing because I think he's a fascinating player because he, you know, around baseball, he's considered a very good player, right? 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, like a very solid player. But is it known, and this is a question for you too, Tucker, is it known around baseball that in big moments you don't want to face Randy Rosarina? You're both teammates with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and of course you don't want to face them in a big moment. Mm-hmm. But is there a feeling around baseball that randy when the lights turn on you just don't want to face him i think it's it's kind of unspoken you know it like you know obviously you watch, like if you watch baseball you know so yeah i don't think it has to be talked about much but yeah big game randy like he he comes through tucker you've heard that too yeah i kind of heard that too i just remember the cowboy hat from the i think it was the 2020 uh world series and that that was an incredible run he went on and just like what he does in clutch moments but i want to ask you about uh you're probably going to face uh, your teammate uh, mike trout tomorrow um 
what are you like what are you thinking going into that uh punch out it's punch out or die punch out or die okay okay so how how are we getting him out how are we getting mike trout out like what's what's the recipe you guys are gonna have to watch tomorrow i I have another question too because i assume uh you know you're watching the world baseball classic as obviously as well as playing in it I'm just fascinated by these two guys pitching in Japan. I don't know if you've been watching the World Baseball Classic too with Roki Sasaki and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, your your teammates with Shohei Otani. Has he spoken about any of these two phenoms? Also, they have Munitaka Murakami who hit 58 home runs, set the MPB record as a 22-year-old. I'm curious if you got both of you have spoken to Shohei about a couple of these guys. Uh, I jokingly like the I think right before spring training Shohei had been out here in, in Arizona we were throwing bullpens together and I was like hey I want a jer- I want a Japan jersey like when uh like can you get me one and he like you know kind of looked at me and I was like I don't want yours though I want Sasaki's and he like he started <laughs> but uh yeah I've, I mean I don't I've really talked much to him about Sasaki but like I've you know seen him pitch and obviously I saw him the other day throwing 102 like the dude's unreal. Like there's so much mm-hmm. talent. It's it's gonna be fun when they come over here. Have you been able to watch these guys, Tucker? What are your thoughts? Uh anytime you're throwing 102, I'm probably gonna be impressed. But I the the thing I've seen a bunch of like pitching ninja and uh posting is just the 90 mile an hour splitters they're throwing and just the amount of depth on them, and that's kind of crazy. And that's just something I think the Japanese pitchers are very good at is learning how to throw that splitter and be able to throw it really hard. So but love the upper nineties fastball and excited to see what they do and hopefully you get to face Shohei. <laughs> yeah. So Patrick, um, just a couple more questions too about the world baseball classic. Then we'll move kind of into um, some questions about next season and how you're feeling moving into the year. Uh, Team Mexico is one of the favorites. You guys might have the best overall roster that I've seen for Team Mexico. You've had some success now in the World Baseball Classic. You're not a team that just qualified and is happy to be there. Like You guys are really trying to win this. But after a loss in the opening game, what is the atmosphere in the clubhouse like? Uh, You know, kind of kind of down at first when we all got in there. And then, you know, some guy stepped up and talked and like, you know, we played a hell of a game. Like that was yeah, you'd really a couple, did. Couple bad bounces like each way. Like, you know, they hit a home run off the foul pole. Rowdy Telez hits a line or like a, you know, something down the line. I think it was the first inning. Yeah, Randy was on third. Yeah, he, he down the line, and everyone thought it was fair. They call it foul. Um, you know, just like we got unlucky. We had like one bad mm-hmm. break, and you know, is five four game. So, and I mean, in ten innings. So you know, we can hang with everyone and, and like, we definitely have the roster to compete in this thing. So, you know, we're, we're after, you know, we had those you know, interactions in the clubhouse, everyone's immediately was like, you know, we're, we're, we're getting team USA. Like we got to get them. We're getting them tomorrow. Like, like we got it basically. And team USA is going to play great Britain and they are uh minus eight and a half on the run line. So they should take care of business, but I think everyone, yeah, I think everyone is, waiting for that team Mexico team USA game that is going to be unreal and you're going to get the start on the mound what I guess right now you talked about facing Mike Trout but there's plenty of other guys in the lineup is there anyone you're most excited to face outside of your teammate honestly like I'm just excited to face that lineup top to bottom Mm -hmm. like this is what you live for like to pitch in these kinds of games and to you know Tommy Tuck you know he's pitched in the World Series before like it's like what you dream of and you see a lineup right. like that, like, hell yeah. Like, let's, I mean, let's, let's see what happens, you know? 
yeah, you're game planning for it and you're literally going to the lineup and you're like, I got to be on my stuff and you're getting pumped up about it. And you're like, if I get a slider down and in, like I'm punching them out and then I'm going to strut around the mountain. Like that's just the confidence like we have going into these games. And I think that's just a big thing. And it's going to be a blast for you. I'm excited to watch uh, me Detmers and uh, uh, Chris Rodriguez are coming. So I'm trying to get a, a poster made for tomorrow and we're kind of <laughs> like, not directly behind home play, but the like section right over to it. So I'm hoping I can like be on the TV. So hopefully I can get a good little poster for you. Oh God. What is, the poster, what is the poster going to say? I don't know yet. That's what I've been, I've been asking like Howie and a couple of our like strength coordinators and stuff, just seeing what everybody's got like some input on. So I might see what uh, Nevin wants to put on there and maybe make one for trout or something. See what, see what we can uh, drama. We can start. Nev's going to be behind the plate too, huh? Yeah, I'm assuming our travel uh, agent got our travel secretary got us the tickets too. So I'm assuming <laughs> we all have similar tickets. Yeah. I, I have a uh, I have a couple questions about the Angels uh, for you guys next year, and a player that I know at just baseball that we're super high on, and you know we really like to trade. You guys got Logan Ohapi, who is this young catcher making a lot of noise in spring training and even in his short cameo last year looked really good. It's looking like he's going to be the starting catcher this year for the angels um, with both of you guys on the mound. What have you seen from Logan Ohapi? Are you excited for him to be behind the plate? I'm just curious to learn more about this kid because everything I'm reading, he looks great. Yeah. I mean, the dude's a stud, honestly, like uh, yeah. built like he's like built in a lab. For like to be honest, uh, yeah, me building the lap, like chiseled everything, veins popping out everywhere. Looks the part. He, you know, he acts the part. He's very professional. Goes about his business the right way. Uh, I think I've only thrown to him. I think once it was my last start. I think that might have been the only time I threw mm-hmm. to him. I really liked it. He's athletic back there. He he has confidence and you know calls a good game. So I'm excited to see like uh, how he pans out because I mean that I've heard that bat plays about it just about anywhere. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I to see that. Tucker, you too. Have you uh have you gotten to throw to him yet this spring? I threw to him last year, my last start of the season, and he impressed me a lot. Just if the confidence he walks around just like a big league clubhouse at 23 years old, 24 years old, however old he is, and just how he handles his business. He's taking care of it. He's going to every catcher meeting, having in 10, has a notebook with him, jotting stuff down, asking questions in between innings, and just goes blown away by his worth ethic. So hopefully the bat plays, and I think it will because, I mean, he hit 25 home runs a year ago and like 13 in like two weeks. So I think it's going to play for sure, and he's got a good arm, so I'm excited for him. And another young player on the Angels that I was really, really enamored with because he's got great stuff, but he just kept getting better and better as the year run on, went on. That's Reed Detmers, who is mm-hmm. one of five lefties projected in your guys' rotation. I'm curious, watching his maturation, especially you, Patrick, you've been on the team now for a few years. How have you seen him develop? Do you think he's going to be a real pitcher this year? Real pitcher. Of course he is, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he's he's very much real. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing seeing him, you know, from when he debuted to now is the confidence that he has, like in himself. He knows that his stuff plays at this level and it plays insanely well. And it's it's just, that's like the coolest thing for me is to see just the way he walks around now. Like he knows that he's mm-hmm. got it and he's tapped. Like it's it's all coming together. And yeah, he's gonna be a really 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 good pitcher. And Tucker, you came over last year, and so you've gotten to see him for a little while. He's the real deal, huh? 
He's the real deal. He sat 96 yesterday for four innings. So I think, I think that's pretty good if you ask me. Um, but yeah, I think just the confidence. I mean, he threw an immaculate inning and a no hitter in the same year. I think Patrick and I would both just take one of those um, in our career. And so I think he's just very, very young, talented, and he's got a great arm. He's got a lot of feel for what he's trying to do. And they really helped him excel. And I think he's going to really take off in Boston this year. Yeah, so speaking about two young guys, obviously everyone has their welcome to the bigs moment. Patrick, what was your welcome to the major leagues moment? Oh, man. Uh, I think my debut, I had to step in the box and face Luke Castillo throwing. <laughs> and that <laughs> bastard, <laughs> I was like, sick. Yeah, you like pitching a lot more than hitting, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Are you guys are you guys both glad that obviously you play in the American League, but Tucker, you were pitching in the National League. Do you guys like the fact that we have a universal DH now or do you wish that you could possibly hit? Actually, a better question is, would you prefer that everyone gets a DH or there's no DH across the league? I prefer the DH now because Mm -hmm. I I got a hit. I got my one hit. I'm good. I don't (laughs) box ever. Um. But yeah, I I think the DH is good for baseball. Tucker, yeah, I'm for the DH. I never got a hit, so I'm like over nine with nine strikeouts. Like couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat during uh, the 2021 season. But um, I'm glad I don't have to hit just because like I don't want to face 98. Like it's hard enough. I'd rather watch somebody that actually hit uh, try to do it. You know and. Like, it's awesome. Like, you get to see Shohei, like, hit and pitch at the same time. Like, we wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't at DH. So, I think being able to do that, that's just huge for us. Yeah. And another player that I'm really excited to watch next season, and um, I got a little bit of hate because I put him on my top 100 players list. I came out with a list myself. And because he hasn't played in the last two years. But I see a talent that's still one of the top of the line guys, and that's Anthony Rendon. Um, it's just about staying healthy for him. I know you guys have been with him in spring. What should Angels fans probably expect from Anthony Rendon, assuming health? I he looks great in spring right now. Yeah, I mean, Tony Two Bags. He, he is every bit of Anthony Rendon. Like he's still that guy. That's good to hear. Uh, but yeah, so if he stays healthy, I mean, we're gonna be in a good spot for sure. I agree for sure. You think so too? Yeah, I mean, just the overall aura of the Angels, um, because a couple of years you guys have come up a little bit short, but this year just there's something coming out of this roster and just this team. Mm-hmm. It's just from top to bottom. Tucker and I talked about this on the first episode. There's no breaks, right? From one to nine in the batting order, from one yeah. to six in the rotation, a great bullpen too. What's the atmosphere like? Does it feel different, Patrick? Yeah, I feel like in the past there's been a lot of like, a lot of lot lot more talk about it, you know, like you know, like this is the year. Like there hasn't been much like rah rah. It's like everyone's just going about their business and like they like everyone knows we have the roster to to do what we need to do. And mm-hmm. it's just about showing up and doing our job every day. Like there's no like this is the year or whatever. Like we know we have the team and we know that if we just show up every single day, do our job, like we will be in a good spot. And Tucker, are you pitching game five of the World Series and your World Series champion? Does it does it have that kind of aura? Yeah, I definitely feel that aura. I remember feeling that like that year of just like everybody's confident and like going about their business. Like if I get my work done and do what I'm supposed to do, we're going to win a lot of games. And I think just everybody's bought in on that of just like we have two of the best players in the world. Um, and it's kind of let's just 
do what we do well. And that might just be pitching well, might be hitting well. Just like, let's take care of business and let's get these superstars in October and let them play in postseason. And then we can see what happens because that's when the magic and anything can happen then. I want to ask a question about your your pitch mix because you made a big change. Maybe not big, um, like massive change in terms of mechanics or anything like that, but you started so- throwing your slider much more. And you're kind of known for that changeup. The changeup is disgusting. But if you look at Savant, you look at pitch usage, you use the slider much more. I'm curious if that was an off-season change or just how that came to be. No. Um, yeah, I, I came into last year, obviously. like They had told me I needed to throw it a little bit more. Um, just because they like the way it graded out and they, they saw something they're like it, it plays to both batters like you have free range to throw it to lefties and righties and I was like okay and then as the season started like my changeup was good for maybe the first like three four starts I don't think I really gave I don't think I gave up a hit on my changeup for like four starts and then we were in Oakland I gave up a couple hits on it and then I like it just vanished like I had no feel for it I couldn't like if I was throwing it for a strike it was right down the middle and guys were hitting it and so I had like four or five games in a row where I had to like rely heavily on my slider. And it just like, um, I don't know, blossomed into a really good pitch and mm-hmm. something that I've been able to use way more. So I guess it was, it was more out of necessity, honestly. And Tucker, you, um, I mean, you're developing new pitches too. How's that going for you right now? It's going good. Um, developing one well. I think uh, Patrick and I got to throw together like early before spring training. We both got to work on some stuff. I think we're both, both kind of making sure the sliders are getting back to where they are. This change has been very good this uh, spring training, but tend to get better and uh, working on the sweeper and just working on that and getting ready for spring or getting ready as spring goes. I'm I'm curious too because uh, you know we mentioned Reed Detmers. Both of you guys are left-handed. You have five lefties in the rotation, of course, with Shohei. Is that weird? I know I, you know, you hear stories where it's like, you know, you got to give guys different looks. You need three righties and three lefties or something like that. Does it matter to you guys? Do you guys even notice? I don't know. I, like, I don't know if it's weird or not. Honestly, <laughs> I guess we're, I guess we're gonna find out. Because, I mean, it does sound weird just having you know Shohei and then five lefties right after him. So, I don't know. Yeah, I because don't know about it either of just like what like our team's gonna get used to it. I, I haven't like thought about it, like is that like a thing I, or is it just dependent of solely of like, well, we have five nasty lefties and that's what we're going to do. I, I, I haven't like thought about how it's going to work throughout like a year of like navigating teams and having to mix stuff up. I don't like what yeah. happens if a team hits really well against lefties. I, I don't know. That's the yeah, interesting but, part of it. But you have five good lefties. Like the only exactly. reason I ask is because I was reading about it and everything seemed kind of negative towards it. And I was reading it. What if they had a lefty at the top and then five righties? Nobody would be talking about it. That's why I just wanted to ask you guys if there was something that, you know, that you've heard or that it felt weird. But in my opinion, I was like, I don't see that big of a deal. If you're a good pitcher, you're a good pitcher. And you guys can get both lefties and righties out. I just wanted to ask kind of around the clubhouse if it came up. It was like, oh, we might be in trouble when it didn't seem to matter much to me. No, yeah, that. I, at least I haven't yeah. heard kinds of discussions at all. I'm I'm with you. Like, you know, no one would be talking about it if it was all righties. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys too. Um, I saw in an interview, Patrick, that you your favorite stadium to pitch in was Fenway. Um, and I'm curious if that might change now pitching in Arizona against Team USA, if for some reason that ballpark will feel better. But I'm just curious your favorite ballpark to pitch in if it's still Fenway. It might. Um yeah, I think Fenway. Uh, it's just that, that that place is just awesome. You know, the history there and 
I don't know. Like, it's just a cool place to be able to stand on the mound and look around and be like, I'm actually pitching in this game, like mm-hmm. historic stadium. So yeah, I think that's like, that's why it is one of my favorites. Seattle is one of my favorite places just to think anytime we play there, everybody gets excited. The food's good. Stadium's good. Hotel's super nice. And I think that's just one of my favorite places to pitch. I, I my first start as an angel was there and the, uh, the blue angels were just flying around like the whole game, just, enjoying the Sunday afternoon baseball game, just like we all are. Last question for me. Thank you, Patrick, for coming on the arm barn. One player, you know, we've spoken about a couple rookies. We spoke about Anthony Rendon. Who's one player that you guys have seen in spring training that Angels fans need to watch out for? Drury, Brandon Drury. Mm-hmm. Dude is is going to rake. Because he killed the ball last year in Cincinnati, then went over to San Diego, kind of revitalized his career, right, Tucker? So Brandon Drury would be your answer, or do you have another guy? I think he's right up there with me. I was thinking Hunter Renfro as well. I think just the defensive versatility he's going to bring, be able to move Ward to left, and he's got a bazooka out there and right. So I think just be able to use those two guys are going to be big, big for us just to keep everybody healthy throughout the year and big bats. Angels fans, watch out. Your team's going to be loaded this year, led by these two guys. And, of course, you got Shoei Otani, Mike Trout, and we can keep going through names. But Patrick, thanks so much for coming on the arm barn. It was great to talk to you right after uh, the Team Mexico game and then right before your start against Team USA. Good luck, my man. I hope you kill it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tug. Thanks, Tug.